Uh, welcome to Up the Villa, the Aussie Villains podcast. I'm Paul, your host. You can get me at Paul underscore football. You can find us at Australian Villa fans on Facebook and Australian Villa fans on Twitter as well. It's all about the Villa. Up the Villa. Uh, before we speak about the Manchester City results, uh, rather disappointing, obviously, had some ramifications for us in terms of missing players and uh, and the gaffer as well. Uh, we'll listen to the Dean Smith interview. I think it says a lot, and uh, he has a fair few balls to juggle. Into tonight's result. Uh, frustrated. Um, listen, there were long periods where we've had to defend and defend well, and they've missed you know some chances as well because they're a very good team. Um, but in terms of, I'm not going to say performance, the effort, the commitment, because I, I think we can play better. Um, you know, that was heroic, considering we've had three days uh, training. You know, some of these lads for the last 10 days have been on exercise bikes and, and running machines to, to keep up their fitness. So, heroic in that sense. Um, but I felt we were sloppy today, I did you know, I didn't think we broke up their possession well enough. We looked a little bit leggy, which is, again is understandable. Um, but we did show some, some some signs of our quality, and certainly an awful lot of team spirit. What what we're about, um, because we made it difficult for them. We got some blocks. We got, made some terrific clearances, um, but unfortunately got undone by two unjust goals in my opinion. And obviously, 79 minutes kept them at bay. Some excellent defending, and then the goal comes about. Obviously, there's a lot of disappointment. On that side of thing, how it was allowed to stand? I don't know. He's on his stance. I mean, you know, their lad's 10 yards offside. He's taking advantage of an offside position by coming and tackling um, Tyra Mings. Um, you know, and they go through and score, and that's what I don't understand. I don't think there's anybody in the stadium apart from the officials who believe that should have been a goal. Um, you know, and after all the, the heroic defending we've, we've been doing, you know, it's a, it's a really sorry way to, you know, concede a goal. And can you take away um, a lot of pride, especially given those preparations, which must have been unlike anything you've experienced before? Um, yeah, I mean, take away a lot. You know, just the fact that these players don't know when the beats. They they put their bodies on the line for the football club. They there's a terrific team spirit spirit about them, and they're low in the dressing room because you know they feel that the battle's not enough to get something out of this game. So we can take a lot of positives into it, you know. But unfortunately. Uh, John McGinn's got a pathetic yellow card, which means he, he misses the Newcastle game now. Um, you know, I don't understand that decision. If he, do, if he books Douglas Luiz for the tackle, not a problem. Um, but delaying the restart, it was about half a second after the tackle, and we're actually making two subs, so it's certainly not. And again, it looked like he couldn't wait to, to get that out. And is it now just about a couple more days on the training ground? Um, yeah, it's, it's all about recovery now. We've got, you know, I said before the game, six games in 18 days. Um, you know, that was the first one down, and we've got another five to go now. And uh, we'll get back to Bodymore now, and the lads will go and recover and, and get ready for Newcastle on Saturday. Now Bernardo Silva, and one mistake proves fatal for Villa. Bernardo Silva scores for the first time in the Premier League this season and it could be enough to send Manchester City to the top of the Premier League table for the first time this campaign. And 
Charest has switched from a yellow card to a red card. And you can understand why they feel aggrieved. He comes back from an offside position. Manchester City game. Came in with a lot of hope, a lot of enthusiasm. And at no point even now do I think that any of the players let us down. Uh, Mings, once again, has become a bit of the poster child for, um, you know, his non-clearance when he saw a player offside, tried to control it, um, thought it would be offside from there, ends up leading uh, to the goal that basically broke our hearts and then uh, the handball decision. Look, if it had been a Manchester City player doing it, we would have been yelling for handball, whether I agree it was or wasn't, you know, he wasn't trying to make himself bigger, in my opinion. He wasn't trying to handle the ball. Um, but, you know, once the first uh, non-decision was made, then the penalty just was the icing on the cake. Uh, we had at least five players who hadn't been able to train at all. The team hadn't been able to train together. Um, you know, we've got six games in 18 days. This was the first. Um, we can be extremely disappointed in the result. We cannot be disappointed in the effort. Um Martinez was great again. I thought uh, Target was absolutely outstanding. Grealish a little bit down on, he, on his output from previous occasions, but we just seem to be becoming more of a unit. We are dangerous. We did provide uh, a scare for Man City in, for most of that game. And so it's something just really to uh, be proud of. And, and, and I think the players... I don't think they'll come onto the field angry, but they'll be coming on the field against Newcastle. And we'll touch on that uh, a little bit later on in the podcast. I think they'll be coming out uh, to pr- prove a point. Um, I think there's a lot of goals in us at the moment that we're just, you know, a couple more chances and a um, couple of deflections and so forth. And, and we take that lead against City and who knows what happens from there. Disappointed not to get at least a point out of it. Were Man City the better team? Yes. Should a game be turned on its head from absolutely ridiculous uh, decision, ridiculous rules, ridiculous interpretations. Uh, no. Uh, so, you know, we've had enough people talk about the, the actual rules and so forth and put up lists and why it was correct and everything. But, but you know, you, you had games in the Italia Cup uh, where the, exactly the same thing happened and it was called offside. And we've had games in the championship um, in recent days as well where the same thing's been called offside. Would I, as a player, expect that to be called offside, whether I'm an attacker or defender? Absolutely. Um, but in saying that, Dean Smith will miss the game uh, against Newcastle. Uh, basically, let's be honest, juggling balls, calling the official a clown. I, I think it's worth the fine. I think it's worth missing the week because it's absolutely true. And we would have said far worse than that, I can guarantee it. Uh, and also, uh, as you heard in the interview, McGinn um, will miss... Um, for delaying the play. Well, how many times do you see that in a game? A player moves 10 forwards uh, ahead to throw the ball and he's called back. A player kicks the ball away or throws the ball away. And so McGinn gets a yellow card and misses uh, the big game against Newcastle. Ridiculous. Can we be proud? Absolutely. Did we deserve more? Absolutely. Up the villa. Big game Sunday morning. Um... Australian time against Newcastle. Every game's big in the Premier League, let's be honest. We're up against a team lacking confidence. Um, yes, we're coming off a bad result. This is a really good opportunity for the boys to have a couple more days uh, in the legs. Um, now, yes, we're going to miss Dean Smith and we're going to miss McGinn. 
Uh, Theresa Gay will come in. Um, Terry's been um, doing a fantastic job as assistant. I don't think we're going to lose um, too much in that regards. Uh, Dean Smith's still training him on the track. He's, everyone still knows what the game plan is. Um, should we beat Newcastle? We actually should go into this game expecting a win, not hoping for a win, not taking a draw is good enough. Newcastle are lacking all sorts of confidence right now. We are playing the kind of football that's going to take it to them. I think we need to do that from the very outset. Um, hopefully we get one or two early and it becomes, I don't want to say procession, but it becomes a game far easier on our hearts than, than has been in recent years. Um, I really think that uh, this could be a game that Watkins scores a couple of goals. The way Newcastle play and the way they set up up forward um, will result in opportunities for Barkley um, and Grealish and, and Traore to get forward and provide those balls through. Um, I think Traore um, from the City game, he's really come along really, really well. Um, but one thing, and it was noted by a lot of fans uh, through social media channels and otherwise, he does not track back quickly. He seems very reactionary. I just hope he gets that kind of work rate into his game, uh, which is needed at the top level in the Premier League. You can get away with that in other leagues. You cannot get away with it in the EPL. Um, but in saying that, he's really, really improved out of sight. Some of his attacking plays fantastic. Um, I'd love to see Grealish take some more shots on, get in the box, just take them on, take on a very nervous defence. Uh, I can see Grealish scoring uh, either Barclay or Traore, even Trezeguet, because he's not going to be afraid to shoot. And let's just hope Watkins uh, scores as well. I think it's an opportunity um, for, you know, uh, Basically, Barkley to get some uh, more Ks under the legs as well. He looked a little bit leggy against City, so hopefully he's had a little bit of recovery before tomorrow's game um, and a little bit of fitness there as well. I do expect the three points. I'm not sure what you guys think. I, I can't imagine anyone wouldn't expect that we're, we're going to go for the three points in this game. And, you know, really start, um, I think, stamping, really stamping our authority on the lower levels of the league. And, um, you know, Newcastle could be in a relegation scrap. So they're going to come out really hard as well. Um, I think they're going to be dangerous from set pieces, but all clubs in the EPL should be dangerous from set pieces. I'm really loving how steady our defence looks. Um, I think that, uh, yeah, look, I think we could win this 3 or 4 nil, and, and I'm really hoping that we, we are doing a podcast after this, uh, talking about how happy we are. But um, three points to go a long way towards us climbing uh, the ladder. And, hey, Europe is not out of sight. Um, so looking forward to the game, and I hope you're all up with me watching it. I'm sure you will be. Uh, six o'clock uh, in Queensland, where I'm from, and obviously your different times around the country. Um, in, in, so, you know, get together, get round them. Let's hope for a 4-0 win up the villa. As we look greatly forward to the Newcastle game tomorrow morning, um, we will look back with some commentary at a game in 2004-2005, remembered not only for a brilliant Villa win, um, but also for a couple of things that happened between Newcastle players themselves. So have a listen. Listen back with glory. 3-0 win to the Villa. Cross and it might break Ragel! And Aston Villa lead in the opening stages 
Pablo Angel back in the side. And with all the talk about Alan Shearer, it's the other number nine. An intelligent pass from Davis. Vassell. He's made in his return to the Aston Villa side. Now Barry, off the inside of the post, and Newcastle breathe again as Hughes reads the bounce quicker than Angel. Boyer. Boyer again. Tommy Sorensen helps it over the crossbar. That's a little over the crossbar as well. His ball strikes us really well with his left foot here. Lovely little one-two. Give and go, a little turn. Boom song. players who've played for Villa and Newcastle over the years, uh, Steve Watson for one, uh, in Zom- uh, Charles in Zombia. Um, but for me, one of the, my favourites, uh, even though he only played uh, between 2000 and 2002 for us, so 32 games, three goals, was David Genoa. Um, just one of those players that um, probably had more impact psychologically on me than he really did on the football park for us. But we might listen to some highlights uh, of a villain who was also a part of the team.
conversation with the manager. John Gregory was in his first big job at the time at Aston Villa. Um, he'd had a few seasons there, but I would imagine it's one of the bigger, bigger characters he'd come across in his, in his managerial career, and they'd had a few spats and a few fallings out. And he starts to drop Schindler from the team, you may remember this, um, and he uses a physical attack on, on, on Schindler to justify it. Apparently the manager, John Gregory, had been critical of his uh, fitness levels. But, but perhaps he was ever so slightly out of conditions. He said, I think he's fat. He used the word fat. So one day, he scored the most magnificent goal that Schindler was wont to do, and celebrated by peeling off his claret and blue Aston Villa top. And he was cut, and chiselled, and honed, and gleaming like the statue of David. And he, he stood there and strutted. And he looked at John Gregory over the touchline to say, Mm -hmm. There are many words you might apply to it. Show off feet, um, over the top. But fat was not one of them. I speak as one who knows was not a word I would apply to that physique. David Ginola has physique uh, to criticised by the manager. Scores his first goal for the club in dramatic circumstances. Great goal too. Uh, thanks for joining us on another Up the Villa Aussie Villains podcast. I was Paul, your host. You can get me on Paul underscore football on Twitter. Or you can follow us on Australian Fans of Villa on Facebook and Twitter as well. And unlike this song, we don't have John McGinn against Newcastle tomorrow. But as always, Up the Villa.